swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads where bandits are. Catacombs and giant doors protect the chest and stores from legendary items with the dragon bones and iron It's ore. a grand theft of Elder Scrolls, Simon's quest with Toe and Earl, rock shoes to every clue, Easter eggs and gaming news, the POTUS need some bad dudes to crash crew like Bandicoot, all shit and gaming and glitch control issues. Control Issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A-Dub. You can find us at control-issues.com. That dash is a hyphen. Uh, you can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be, including Spotify. You mm-hmm. can look for Control Issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it. Um, head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure and also head on over to x my control issues is the handle amc how you living doing good a dub don't really have much to stay here um yeah life has been awesome had a nice light week got got presence day right around the corner gonna have another nice light week and and get an extra day off um yeah it's awesome um but uh yeah this week didn't do much when went out to eat as i mentioned to you in a pre-show with marissa we had a impromptu date night that we planned on saturday night so i was planning on watching the marvels but ended up going out and getting some ethiopian food uh as you mentioned eat eating with my hands getting some mm-hmm. some, some door watch <laughs> um and yeah some greens on the side i got some lamb it, it was bomb it was bomb um and yeah just enjoyed hanging out got netflix back uh we had to get it because my mom was babysitting and my mom so a little inside baseball my mom babysits she likes to watch uh emily in paris which is on netflix and last time she babysat i had canceled netflix so she was like god damn (laughs) like like, basically what am i going to do at your house now while Mm -hmm. while i wait for you to get back and so now you're like, what did you do when, when we were kids? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You read, read a book, <laughs> stared at the wall. Um, Sent us to our rooms and told us to go to bed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, so I got Netflix back. So um, my mom watched that. And because of that, got back on British Breaking Show. So we're, we're now, we have mm. all the, uh, we have so many platforms. I'm going to have to drop another one soon because there's, I, I, there's no reason to be paying for all of these. Yes. But yeah, that is life. A-Dub, how, how have you been? How, how are things with you? Uh, also a light week, you know, made it through finishing the, the, what is it? The year end close for 2023, working on taxes, you know, this, this work stuff, water cooler stuff. And yeah, man, just chilling, getting better. I'm finally getting my fasting back together, finally getting more control over the things that I'm eating and how often I'm eating. So I'm already starting to see the benefits of that, starting to deflate a little bit, starting to to feel the the powerful core within the fat suit. <laughs> and like, you know, I'm not terribly old. Well, yes, statistically, I'm terribly overweight. I don't look it though. And that's been that's been one of those enabling factors in my life that allows me to get 
bigger than than I'm comfortable being because by the time you really notice it and feel the effects, it's it's like you're already there. <laughs> but I'm I'm descending from the mountain, trying to get to to lower ground where there's more oxygen, where I could where I could move around and breathe. You know, just starting to already feeling the effects without really dipping back into the exercise yet. Like you just start to feel more balanced. You don't waddle anymore. You don't feel sluggish or like your, your, your thorax is about to explode. (laughs) So it's just, it's nice to feel better. And as you start to remember those good feelings, you start to lean more into it. So this was probably the catalyst I needed to do all that. Just catching up on shows. Uh, My brother, he's single. He got me, he got me on a solo leveling and they just hit an episode where the story's really starting to take off and you're starting to get get the idea of what the namesake of the show is about. Uh, still watching Delicious in Dungeon on Netflix. They, they have new episodes every Thursday. Just beautiful art style, beautifully animated, and a very interesting take on Dungeons and Dragons told through an anime. So I'm always down for that kind of stuff. Uh, True Detective is killing it uh think we're coming up on the last episode this week possibly and that that'll be tonight which will be a few nights ago for those of you listening to the show so i don't know maybe there's one more but i'm enjoying that it's it's leaning in on the supernatural so it's turning into into a horror and i kind of like that because you know you boy you boys all about the horror there in alaska it's night all the time for six months <laughs> got ghosts <laughs> in a detective show but yeah it's awesome so that's been mostly what i've been about also picked up the lego succulent set and Mm, it's got like a yeah it's got that that small that medium and that large terracotta potted like plant of different types i think there's there's three carnivorous ones there's three like desert ones and then there's three cactuses or something like that, unless the cactuses are the desert ones. But like, there's there's three different groups. They, I love what Lego does now, where within the instructions, they also give you like the backstory of the project or like the inspiration behind it, like why why it looks like this plant, how they went about, you know, choosing the pieces and giving them different colors that they never appeared in before in order to make this set come to life. And I, I like that little bit of process because every few pages, it just gives you like a little trivia on the plants and what they're about. So, you know, your boy learned a little something in the process of, of building these these projects. You know, it's not it's not just a kid's toy. <laughs> Learning new information, gaining new things to be interested about. So that's that's always cool to me. And that's been about the gist of it. Unless you want to hear me talk about how I got my clear ice spheres going. I got the new ice trays that do the clear ones now. So those are those are staying frozen longer. They take up more space in the glass. It just looks look, looks more classy. Mm. <laughs> Have the homies up next time. Oh, that's right. Because Joe and Evan came over and I made them drinks. We gotta get the AMC over. Maybe more old fashioned. I got the I got the good maraschino cherries now. Nice. <laughs> the good ones. <laughs> the good ones. <laughs> yeah, I was asking a lot of questions at Bevmo. I'll I, I pop in there from time to time just with little ideas like what do you guys have this? Or like what what can I do with this? <laughs> just trying to learn, trying to be a better host, trying to give give myself and my personality more texture, more more color, more variation. So, you know, invest in yourself 
continue to, you know, improve, learn new things, always be a student of life. Just pick up little stuff wherever you can. It 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 makes you a better person. That's dope. Um, you know, outside of making yourself a better person when you're making yourself a worse person. <laughs> um, <laughs> when you're focusing on things other than, you know, all that other stuff, what you've been gaming on, Ada? Oh, man. I've been gaming on quite a bit. So I've been dipping back into Gran Turismo 7 at least weekly to do those those weekly events. We uh, You get multiple rewards. There are five events. You get a reward for doing the first one, for finishing the third one, and for finishing all five. So I pop in for those events. In the process of doing that, I also do my my 26 points, my 26.2 miles, my marathon to get my daily reward. Ugh, daily rewards. <laughs> <laughs> but I get that. And that's really kickstarting my ability to be able to complete the extra menus in the cafe. So with those menus, what they are is a collection of three vehicles that have some kind of that have some kind of connecting like feature or history involved they're they're a group of cars that represents different eras or different styles of a particular aspect of automotive history so i've been it's really kickstarted my ability to go ahead and purchase those cars and it's also getting me to play different kinds of races that i didn't play before i remember i told you guys last time i talked about it that i was i now play more of the events that have tire wear and fuel consumption, which generally I avoid because I don't like the idea of my traction changing over the course of a race. I mean, I'm all about realism, sim racing, but at the same time, like uh, it, it could be too much, but I got into it and it's actually not that bad, especially when you start, you start making strategic choices that that have greater impact over the race because if you have tire wear and fuel consumption you're going to have pit stops if you have pit stops you have times when you're not racing so the idea is to minimize the amount of pit stops that you're taking and for the ones you do take minimize the amount of time that they take so that you spend more time racing while the other guys are spending more time pits so i'm using different tires that i normally don't use because they last longer rather than having more traction i make that sacrifice um i also kind of i find the right tune for the car where i can get a good number of laps in before i have to go in and refuel and that uh, that's allowed me to get first place in those in then i'm finishing up the cafe menus i'm completing i'm up in my collector level you know, I'm getting some, I'm getting some good decisions on these roulette tickets, <laughs> even though they show you all these prizes, they take you through this whole process when the outcome is already predetermined when the ticket is generated. So it, it kind of sucks. I'd rather just hit the ticket and it just lifts a curtain and it's like a thousand credits, <laughs> which is like what it always is, is I can't count. Like it's, it's things like this that give ammunition to the live service hate that goes around because with these roulette tickets in my experience almost every time you will get the lowest value prize on the ticket doesn't matter what the star value is you will almost always get the lowest value prize that's either 
5,000 credits, 10,000 credits. If there's like four cars in an invitation that allows you to buy a high-end car, you're getting that invitation. It, it'll, there'll be parts tickets, there'll be engine tickets. And it's like, what am I gonna do with parts? Or what am I gonna do with engines? <laughs> Even though you could do engine swaps and things like that. However, you gotta have the car and it, it's a whole thing. But other than that, like I'm enjoying my time with Gran Turismo a lot more. I have. I have more races open to me. I'm completing more of the things that I left untouched because it was all fuel consumption and tire wear. I'm learning a lot more about the cars just in the way that they present them. It's, it, it's a good time. I can't say enough good things about Gran Turismo other than it being like the best feeling racing game that's on consoles at the moment that I know of. I've heard of Assetto Corsa. Maybe I'll get into that one day. Maybe I won't. Um, what else I've been playing? Diablo 4, of course, Season of the Construct going on. I think they have the I forget, like the the moon event, something. There, there's an event going on, and that's got some additional prizes and additional things to engage with. I'm just loving leveling up this barbarian, getting more power, getting just one shotting, stomping, earthquaking, leaping, upheaval. This <laughs> turning in, turning into the berserker. Just a great time. I just I love the visuals. I love the tone and the feeling. Like Diablo Four is everything I loved about Diablo Three, but better. It's just nonstop combat, chaos, blood, bones. It's the good time. Uh, I played Limbo, and you've you've been talking that up. People have always said how excellent Limbo and Inside are. I purchased both of them. I think I got them both for like seven dollars combined. And then I finally cut on Limbo. The moment it comes on, I'm just like, I get it. <laughs> I, I see I see what everybody's all about. I, then I proceed to just go on this puzzle-oriented trek with this nameless, faceless little shadow of a person, watching them get brutalized in every possible way by the environment and the hazards within. It was, it like... For as minimalistic as the art style is, it is incredibly graphic and <laughs> just out there, man. I enjoyed it, but I really liked the puzzles. They were incredibly thought-provoking. There were a lot of them that they were seemingly impossible at the outset, but as you like move around the space and you know pay attention to things that you hear or certain relationships you see like oh if i do this then this will go over here then i can do this and get up here and then i have to do this and it's it's extremely well thought out which lends well to the overall fluidity of how you progress through it as you're watching the events that are unfolding and forming your own conclusions about it. So Limbo was a great time, incredibly short. I beat it in two hours. However, that was a full two hours of just constantly doing stuff and racking my brain to figure out solutions. Like it's that that's that was a nice bite of that experience. So I'm looking forward to playing inside and getting to that uh, sooner rather than later, especially knowing that it's a it's a shorter thing, so I could have both of those under my belt, and that'll be nice just for self-improvement and texture and things like that we talked about. And then lastly, well, not lastly, I've been playing this game, Moon Scars. I started it over 
beautiful pixelated art style. It's like a 2D kind of like like a gruesome slower dead cells with a with a roguelike layer on top of it. I have no idea what's going on in the story. All I know is that I love the combat. I love the exploration. I love the feeling of playing the game. And it, it's just cool. I like those little I like those little cool titles and I, I love supporting them. Lastly, I started up Mass Effect Andromeda again. <laughs> and, and at the outset, once I like got a gun in my hand and was actually doing stuff, at first it felt a little choppy and just like I don't understand why I thought this was such a great gameplay experience before. And then just a few minutes into it, getting getting used to how things move and how to predict my shots again and just moving around the battlefield, like, oh now I remember. <laughs> and like, dude, that jetpack. And just dashing from side to side, jumping, holding, it, it, hitting enemies, hit, just overcoming these enemy encounters in these wide open areas. The gorgeous graphics, especially for like a last gen game that didn't get any kind of upgrade. I mean, it looks noticeably last gen, but at the same time, it's a good example of one. So, yeah, man, I'm enjoying that. I'm going to dig more into it. I feel kind of bad because I started the Mass Effect Legendary Edition and I got like halfway through the first Mass Effect. I was looking forward to getting back into Mass Effect 2 because that is just goat tier. And then eventually working my way up to 3, but I felt like Andromeda deserved another shot. I started that. I got like 70 hours into it and just hit a bug where I couldn't turn in a mission and it was just like, what do I do? And yeah, I just bit the bullet, restarted it. So I'm going to be digging more into Andromeda that might coerce me into going back into what's its face, the legendary edition, but we'll see. And then, you know, also through some suicide squad in there, I'm finishing off the last of the side missions. I've done a couple terraformers and I I'm ready to go take on Brainiac for the first time. And then We'll see what lies after that. I know at least there's at least like two or three more side missions that'll pop up after that or sometime after I finish the next ones. And yeah, just leveling up my characters, finishing off these Riddler challenges, getting these maximum scores. And yeah, man, just having a blast with that game. It's it's one of the best, just not one of the best, but it's it's up there with one. It's a really good pick up and play game where it's like, I haven't played it in a while. Let me just get in there and, and fuck around, blow up some shit, shoot some dudes, knock some drones out the sky, go take on a Brainiac, do a side mission. So, oh, new gun, got some loot. Okay. Got some upgrade points. Okay. Enhance my loot that I already have. It's, it's cool for that. It's very cool for that. And yeah, AMC, what have you been playing? Um, same couple games. Put in a couple, put in a little work with Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Mm -hmm. Um, pushing through that Frieza saga. I'm now at Frieza's final form. Um, that's that's fun. Um, just the battles have been great. Love the whole sequence with Piccolo meeting meeting a a fucked up nail, joining with him, doing that battle against Frieza's second form, fucking up Frieza's second form. Then getting fucked up in his third form, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then uh, you know the whole sequence with Vegeta being like, "Krillin, you gotta attack me <laughs> so I can get stronger." <laughs> like his obsession with like 
at this point his obsession is with getting jacked up so that he can get healed and then return absolutely stronger and so uh, he d- he does that situation so i'm now at the fight where vegeta is about to take on Frieza's final form and learn that he's not a super saiyan yet <laughs> <laughs> which is great because uh, i've been waiting to get to the part where i can be a super saiyan in this game um just to see what that's like so i enjoyed the kaoken but you know Dragon Ball Z is all about Super Saiyan, so now we're we're getting we're inching towards that. I'm enjoying that. I'm enjoying the little bits of action, like Piccolo. I'm enjoying more, like seeing more of the destruction. Like I'm noticing it more in the game. Uh, Piccolo has one uh, an attack where he does like a um, just like he releases like a big burst that's surrounding all around him, and it's just full on destruction. And you do it low enough to the ground, like you see the huge crater in the ground and just the absolute destruction around you. Um, so things like that, like just add a little bit more to the action of the game. On top of that, been um, putting in more work on Overwatch Two. I've been just, you know, I was full on Lucio a couple weeks ago, and now I've just been knee deep in Mercy. Whenever I get in, just playing Mercy and just noticing the just the difference now, just with this renewed confidence in the character. Um, and yeah now really playing with her i've gotten really good with her motion but now it's because i'm living i'm now seeing the the benefits from that in the healing in that like a couple matches like i played with you or i noticed that i was healing as much as the other team combined um so now when i'm hitting that point it's like well if i can heal as much as two other support characters that's pretty much just negating their value and then increasing the value like the the strength of our team and i'm just noticing just some matches where you know it could have gone the other way just getting that that ultimate with mercy and being able to just heal everybody control that part of the battle and then boosting all the attack and it just just turns the tide so i'm getting the timing of of the certain waves of the battle in order to utilize certain aspects of mercy and just the distance and all that stuff and it's just taking that to another level um and yeah when we played the other night we had we had a great run i think we lost maybe like two matches and you know i had one of those bullshit ones where we, we can't get out of the spawn point just because for reasons and then i'm not sure what the other one was but then every other match we fucking gutted it out either dominated or like gutted it out where we were behind and then just came back and won and so those are matches that like you feel like those little bits of experience come into play to you know turn the tide of a match as opposed to you know quit like a little bitch ass and and take Mm -hmm. the delay Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) so so yeah looking forward to that (laughs) (laughs) putting in some work here and there and looking forward to you know the next season which we'll get into when we're doing our topics um other than that played hop back into live alive that game is just a special game it's uh you know i take breaks here and there because it's kind of like my when i have time in between this this and this and can hop on the switch it's um it's a perfect game for that and i hop back in i was doing this western story arc um with a character and the whole point of that uh is you meet up in the town you're you're an outlaw for reasons uh, that you don't know you're a mysterious character and then you end up helping out this town you set up all these traps and that's where i left off so then when i started off the the game it was basically uh sundown and so the bandits are about to ride on the town and i had uh told everybody to go set up the traps and so then you see them ride into town and you see all the traps basically going off and just fucking up the bandits as they're riding in which is a pretty dope thing one something i've never seen and you know just in an old school like jrpg um obviously renewed but 
I'm, I'm assuming this is all in the original. So you get to see all that action. And then because of that, I'm assuming I'm fighting a lot lesser of a force, which it just goes right into the boss battle. And in the boss battle, I'm only fighting against two minions and the boss. So that means I took out everybody with all the traps that I had set up. So I must have chosen like all the right people to do the right things. Um, I, I, it does lead me to wonder if there is a way where you can set up all the traps in order to just completely avoid all battles within the game where you just like take out the entire squad and the boss as they ride into town um but yeah i i would have down to two in just the boss and was able to work like work my way through that battle in one try and it was funny right after that the story was over and i moved on to the next character so it ended up actually being one of the shorter um stories for of, of an individual character within that game so yeah live alive oh and then i started a new character in live alive and the reason why i said it's a special game is that uh I start this character uh it's like the near future character and the opening sequence of that character's story arc is this anime you know it's like an, an opening to an anime tv series dedicated to this character the steel titan which I, mm. I have no idea what the connection is in this story but it's a really dope intro and i'm just like where uh, I, I wasn't getting this in any jrpgs back in the day um it's <laughs> and they and they didn't localize <laughs> yeah exactly and so like it's just like like you just see all this stuff and it's just like like you're you know you're feeling gratitude for the fact that like you're getting to experience this thing that came out years ago um and you're finally getting it and you're getting it in an even better form because it's just been remastered and done up um and like glowed up and yeah it's it's absolutely awesome to just hop in and play this game every now and then because i'm it's never a uh there's never a regret that like i wasted time playing that game so yeah and, and just, a, way that just they, a side note on that live alive yes. is 45 percent off on the playstation store at 29.99 it is on my wish list <laughs> oh nice yeah i keep it there i have so yes. many games like that sea of stars it's like it's so good just the greatest time to be a gamer, right? Yeah, yes, it is. It is yeah. spectacular. <laughs> yeah, you know, with that, let's get right into these topics of the week. Top topics, uh, topics of, the of the week. Week, a dub. You want to lead off with that first topic? Sure, I have no problem doing that whatsoever. Uh, I'll start off with some news that very much interests me, and I hope it interests other people. We've got a headline which states the cyberpunk 2077 sequel has hired veterans for mortal Kombat, diablo control and more <laughs> mm -hmm. yes yeah, so cd project red they're gearing up for their follow-up to cyberpunk 2077 right now it has the code name of project orion and they're starting to bring in some heavy hitters first on the list Dan Hernberg, who is jumping on the project Orion as executive producer. He was the head of production at Amazon Games and lead product manager at Blizzard. Uh, Ryan Bernard, who will help as design director, is best known for working as a game director at Ubisoft Massive and gameplay director at IO Interactive. Uh, the engineering director spot is being handled by Alan Volani who aided with technical direction on past Mortal Kombat games, former Control, Dishonored, and Avatar developer Anna McGill will serve on Project Orion as lead writer. 
And then Alexander Freed will also help with writing after previously working with studios like Dice, Obsidian, and Wizards of the Coast. Uh, CD Projekt Red says, as work on the follow-up to Cyberpunk 2077 enters early stages of development, uh, the company is currently hiring for various positions across its Boston and Vancouver locations. Yes. So Project Orion, clearly, it's they stated it's in the beginning stages. They're doing the hiring. So we're probably not going to see it for a, a, a good while. But at least we know that we're starting with a foundation, not only of the game being developed on Unreal 5, as opposed to the Red Engine that they developed the first game on. And it's also starting off with some top tier talent. I think CD Projekt Red learned a lot of lessons with the launch from Cyberpunk 2077, and they're looking to not repeat any of those other mistakes. So, yeah, man, this has got me very excited because... All signs are pointing to a game that is going to far outstrip its predecessor. I don't want to get overhyped or overrate the game too early, but, you know, the cards are on the table. AMC, does any of this news instill any hope in your heart for the future of the Cyberpunk franchise? And does this make you want to get into Cyberpunk 2077 sooner rather than later? <laughs> no. No, but uh, yeah, um, I don't want to get into it, but yeah, no, it definitely gives me hope in that, you know, when they announced that they were working on like four, <laughs> like eight Witcher, eight Witcher games and then Cyberpunk and blah, 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 mm -hmm. you know, there was this thing of like, I, I, they might be, they might be doing too much. <laughs> they might be, they might be putting a little too much on the table for them to like, have to like get done. And um what's good about this story here is it's showing that they're they're growing their company to meet that demand to meet that those lofty goals and yeah i mean that's a good sign because they're already on good on on a good track with how they've handled the you know the resurgence of cyberpunk 2077 and fixing that thing and getting it to an even better state than what they had promised from originally um and then yeah now seeing that they are adding talent um so that one you can see that they're gonna still be able to focus on witcher but then you can rest assured that they will also have a well-experienced talent focused on the next cyberpunk game so that's a good um you know that's a good overall i think trajectory for that company don't have much more to say do you have anything else to say on that ada anything else to add on that amc you got our next topic of the week, top topic yeah, of, the of the week. week. We will get to that, A-Dub, after this break. All right, we are back, A-Dub, with that next topic of the week. Top, top topic, topic of, of the, the week. week. A-Dub, we got a story from Video Games Chronicle, this being PlayStation exclusive live service trash. Helldivers 2 concurrent Steam player record is PlayStation Studios' highest yet. <laughs> so let's get into this. Well, was Jim Ryan right? <laughs> Are they gonna rehire Jim Ryan? <laughs> let's see. So uh, Helldivers two is, is Hiroki Tatoki <laughs> going down to PlayStation. Jim Ryan's going up to Sony. <laughs> uh, yeah, they like they they green light uh, Last of Us factions again. <laughs> see mm -hmm. Back in production. Let's see. Um, no, it was a good idea. It was. A <laughs> <laughs> Budgie was wrong. 
Let's see. So Helldivers 2 has started well on Steam with a concurrent player record higher than any previous PC port of a PlayStation Studio game. Mm-hmm. According to Steam DB, the game's peak concurrent player count is currently 81,840, which was achieved at 10 p.m. Eastern on Thursday at 3 a.m. GMT today, whatever the fuck. Um, <laughs> I will say this. This uh, I looked up again. This was now on PC Gamer on an article that came out today, and they said that Helldivers Two has reached a peak concurrent player count of one hundred fifty-five thousand nine hundred twenty-six. So there we go, drastically higher from eighty-one thousand uh, to one hundred fifty-five thousand. Um, while God of War previously held the record at seventy-three thousand five hundred twenty-nine peak concurrent Damn. players, so doubled. Yeah, <laughs> doubled up on the highest. Um, concurrent player count of a playstation studios game on steam mm. um jumping back to video games chronicle article this gives it a higher peak concurrent player count than god of war horizon zero dawn complete edition last of us part one or any other steam game published by playstation studios um a little more details let's see uh if you want that top 10 of the playstation games that are on steam here's how it goes a peak concurrent player count hell divers 2 uh, was number one, God of War at number two with 73,003. Marvel Spider Man Remastered with 66,000. Then Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition with 56,000. Last of Us Part One with 36,000. Days Gone with 27,000. Um, Miles Morales at 13,000. Days Gone got more than Miles Morales. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, might have to, might have might to put have out the green light. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, Uncharted Legacy Thieves Collection at 10,000. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart at 8,000. And the OG Helldivers at 6,000. So, hey, Doug, what do you think about this live service trash having the highest peak concurrent player count of any PlayStation Studios game ever? <laughs> I, mean, I I didn't want to stir anything up. I kind of want to let things let things be, but I can't help but observe the irony of how Helldivers Two is being given the hero's welcome through the same town square that the charred remains of Suicide Squad ish are sitting and burned, not but a week previous. And yeah. we're talking about it's we need to. It needs to be the death of the looter shooter, the cursed looter shooter. And it's like all the things that Suicide Squad is criticized for are the same exact things that you do in Helldivers. <laughs> like there's a cluttered UI. You're going from place to place, shooting bugs, doing the same repetitive things. But I guess it's good repetitive versus bad repetitive. I just, it's just, it's just weird to me how how things go that extreme and swing that swiftly to where one minute we're cursing all things live service, the next minute we're loving Hilldivers too. So Mm. I don't know, maybe I'm missing some kind of nuance or subtlety there. It's just, it's just weird. And it's sad. I think Suicide Squad deserved better. And I'm just going to leave it at that. For Helldivers 2, I'm glad it's getting the hero's welcome that it more than likely deserves because the first game was outstanding. Also, all, always online multiplayer game, even back then. So none of that changed. It just <laughs> got that glow up. And it got that connection? Yeah. <laughs> got that glow up, got that third person angle. And just looking at the videos, game looks awesome, which is like... <laughs> 
just let it be awesome. Like Helldivers had the benefit of being judged for what it is and what it's bringing to the table. And that's a good thing. We need to do that more often with more games because Helldivers really deserve that. I'm glad people are gravitating toward it. It's definitely building up my drive to to want to get into it because I love Helldivers. And with it being a proper third-person experience now, that's right up my alley. I think I would be extremely effective, especially if I get in there with a group full of randoms. You know, just do my Overwatch thing. Come in and, and save the day. I like being just a random-ass hero that comes in from, from the to the to the enemy front lines it just makes a difference gives everybody gives everybody your thanks gives everybody their kudos and then you never see me again just a legend <laughs> on the battlefield that's video games have finally enabled that kind of experience where you could just be this this battlefield legend like look at homeboy who was going into people's games in elden ring just to beat millennia with no armor and his two swords <laughs> let me solo her <laughs> that was that was great stuff and i like that live service games enable that kind of story that kind of legend those kind of people because it brings everyone around the world together and you never know who you're going to get paired up with or what's going to happen when you get some some real players in there uh amc how do you feel about Helldivers achieving what what some might say is a well-deserved success yeah, it's great. It's uh, it's great one when people allow themselves to enjoy something like you know, there's this, there's this, this fear mongering and concern trolling about Sony's live service initiative and like, what if all the games are bad? What yeah. if all the games are bad? <laughs> um, but have you ever asked yourself, what if all the games are good? Exactly. <laughs> what, if, what if any of the games are good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you can play them with your friends and, and forever. I mean, not, yeah. Like you want to talk about how gaming is not supposed to be this anti-social experience, and then you get a multiplayer game, and it's like, oh, why mm. can't I play this? Mm. Um, yeah, where's my offline mode? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, it's uh, absolutely awesome that I always love it when people allow themselves to enjoy something, and then if that game is good, it gets its recognition. And yeah, we're in a good place here. It's also it's not. You know, it's not all the bullshit, the baggage. Like that was what you're saying with Suicide Squad. There's all this baggage with it because you're. Yeah. It's in wake of the greatest, the greatest series yeah. of of video games in a franchise when it came to Arkham. Yada yada. You know the, how people just remember like how great those games were in in context to Suicide Squad coming back, um, or coming out. And so yeah. Uh, anyways, so. People being able to jump into Hell Divers, people liking it, hearing the great reaction to it, seeing people playing it. You know, it's uh there's this thing also with like single player games that we talk about where people are just like, uh, nobody wants to play like when a multiplayer game does bad, people always say, Well, if you just made a single player game, then it would have sold well automatically. It's just there are no single there are no single player games that actually sell bad in, in people's eyes. Yeah. But um yeah, like that. Uh, but you see this come out, and you see its success in comparison. Now, I will say this, obviously, with the caveat that uh, no, no PlayStation Studios games launch day and day and date um, on PC. They usually come out delayed. So you would think that there would be a little more because Helldivers just came out that it's gonna, you know, automatically hit bigger numbers right away um, over those, um, you know, those single player games. But 
the fact is people still reacted well to it. And so Sony's seeing that on console and on PC right now, which is great for the, the company overall in itself. And so I think that's great. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a good story all around. And it's, this is why they want to get a live service game out. They now have a game when people are talking about where are all the other games to play, people will be, there'll be other people who will just be jumping back into health and divers too with their homies running a crew and taking down bugs while they wait for the next big game to come out. Mm -hmm. So um, that's what I always say. People overlook live service games for what purpose they serve. It's not, they're not supposed to overtake your single player experiences, but they do take place in when you're in between experiences. And so, yeah, it's, it's great that now people have another great one of those to happen and play. Oh yeah. But, hey, Dub, do you want to get into the next topic of the week? Top topic of the week. I don't know. Well, we're we're getting close to the to the hour, so we probably need to get into the big one. The meaty one. The meaty one. We got some we got some information <laughs> regarding a certain game that is very much beloved here at the control issues HQ, the, the virtual studio that we call our computers in our separate living spaces. We got some details about Overwatch Season 9 and the changes that are going to be coming as a result. They're, they're doing a lot of it. See, it, it's, it's, it's a complete rework in a big way. So I'll leave... Um, you, you know a lot more about competitive and how to address that than I do. So I'll talk about some of the more, like, meteor changes yeah, um, yeah get, get into it like for starters and and i'll be general we don't need to go into the exact details of what's happening but basically what the philosophy is at blizzard is they they've heard the fans and you me e single we've had similar complaints for a long time it's like there's always been this feeling that i'm on target but my shots aren't hitting or like dudes are doing this side to side shimmy to try to diminish your ability to to hit them at close range or long range, just decreasing your accuracy. Um, they also have heard complaints like sometimes team battles are just not exciting. People don't have really that much agency over the kind of decisions that they need to be making or feel like they should be making. So what Blizzard is doing, number one, is they're increasing the size of the bullets under a certain threshold. Some bullets are big enough to have the kind of the hit detection that you're looking for. But the philosophy behind this is to make shooting at your target feel more responsive so that when you're on target, you feel your shots hitting. So the bullets will be larger, which means they'll be hitting more often. In order to balance this, what Blizzard is also doing is increasing the hit point pool of all of the characters. So what that's going to do is that while you're more accurate, you're hitting more often, you're doing more damage, but they have more health. So there's more damage for you to cut through. So it balances out the time to kill, keeps it about the same. You just feel like you're hitting more shots and everything like that. Um, let me see. So more self-reliance in team fights, you know, as a result of people being more accurate, that means everybody's going to be taking more damage overall. So you would think that would mean it would be a bit harder for healers to do their job because everybody's just going to be bleeding. 
<laughs> but what what they're doing here is they're also adding a new passive ability to all heroes. That passive ability is that after five seconds of not taking damage, you're going to start regenerating 20 health per second. So what this does is it allows the healers to still have a little personal agency, move around, make decisions, you know, get involved with dishing the damage as well as healing, just like we always do. And it's going to allow characters to be a bit more strategic, move in the background, use cover more effectively, try to get people to forget about you. And so you're taking all this, you're taking all this damage because people are more accurate, but you have the ability to self-heal if you're conservative and use the, the level to your benefit. Um, what's also going on with the role passives is that DPS is going to get a passive where their damage reduces healing received by 20%. So what this does, according to Blizzard, is that it, it adds a strategic layer to focus firing, where now you're not just focusing all your damage on the target, you're also reducing the amount that they can be healed. I imagine that the, that the DPS bonus is gonna be additive so that 20 becomes 40 when you have both DPS focus firing on a on a target. And that's going to make situations like, oh, I don't know, taking down a MAGA much easier than it is right now. Taking down a Roadhog, taking down a Sigma, you know, characters who just have this unbelievable staying power once they have a healer pocketed on them. Like, okay, let's cut that healing almost in half. Let's have multiple guns on you and, you know, let's see what happens. Um, in addition, the support role is getting their passive updated. So now the, the health regen doesn't start at five seconds. It starts at two and a half seconds. So support characters will still be able to hang back, regenerate their health quickly, and do what they've been doing. Like, it seems like what they're doing is making it so that people can't be doing that little side to side bullshit anymore. They're also making it so that it feels like you're hitting what you're shooting at. And they're also preserving the time to kill. They're preserving everybody's ability to continue to move around and, and make critical plays in team combat. And yeah, so these seems like some strong changes. In addition to that, they announced that they're also going to be reworking Farah and the Junkertown map. So I'm very interested in what that's in what that's going to yield. Um, AMC, any comments or questions about any of these general areas? Any ideas on how this is going to change the experience? Yeah, I mean, this it sounds all great. Um, one I one thing I like about the self healing is that one thing as a healer. That isn't it's like a little tedious is that um you know after like every exchange or whatever you know there are a couple there are always going to be a couple characters that don't have a self-healing like roadhog or whatever and so you got to find those guys really quick to go and mm -hmm. heal them outside of combat now when that's done i don't have to worry about that so there's a lot less uh i need healing demands <laughs> like just because the the main point when they'll need the healing is during the combat but mm -hmm. after you know after you get a team kill something like that like they can you know bullshit and then just self-heal and then get themselves back on track so that's that's going to save me a little bit of time and a little bit of a headache when it comes to deal with like dealing with those people mm -hmm. um I, I mean, I, mercy I won't have to rush into a dangerous situation arrest somebody because they have a greater survivability exactly um 
then I, 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 I'm also interested to see how this um, bullet thing is going to work because it is cool. It is does mean that obviously the squishies are going to be a little more, um, you know, they're going to get hit a little bit more. But then at the same time, like they're they're as as mentioned, the uh, the self healing kicks in a little bit earlier for the uh, support characters and things like that. So if you can maneuver, stay out of you know stay out of range for about like three seconds, you're already self healing, and then with a mercy, you can heal other people and start healing your character at the same time. And so um, there are definitely there'll be pros and cons to it, and I think it'll just be uh, another one of those adjustments, but. Clearly, they, they saw something there that they want to experiment with, and so um, I am I'm I'm happy that they're they're making this change just because I'm I'm all about going along for the ride, and then you know if people don't like it, they can always just undo that switch. They've shown that they're willing to adjust um, in the past, and so yeah, um, I'm always I'm always ready to go along with something that might improve the game if they're going to try it out, and so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'll just adjust my playstyle if it makes me a little more vulnerable and uh yeah and i'm curious to see how this self-healing is going to now impact you know the flow of matches because you know people won't have to run off as often to go and get like a health pack right at the end of like a skirmish so um yeah it's gonna that's gonna kind of adjust the the dynamics of the encounters a little bit more so that's, well, that's so gonna be fun something that's really gonna adjust the dynamic and i'm sure you're you're gonna love this this comes much to to my personal chagrin but I'll make it work. One of the philosophies behind these changes and the intents is to lessen the impact of burst damage to allow for greater counterplay. Uh, burst damage, you know, just with high damage dealing characters like Reapers, Sojourn, 76, you know, the, the DPS branch that can quickly flank and just get into an opportune position. Nobody sees them and just unload their kit and blow you off the map. I mean, there's been several games where I've made people leave because I just find some way to get out of their line of sight, get right behind them and bow, done. And just quick, easy kills. So uh, to go to go into detail, what they're saying is when examining how burst damage values have changed over time, we found that in most cases, they've gone down in raw value, though that may not necessarily mean they became weaker relative to other changes. Uh, the 5v5 environment and new heroes of Overwatch 2 certainly factor into the perspective, but it's often overlooked that the player base's average skill level, game knowledge, and pace of gameplay are relatively higher now than when the game first launched. So that's, you know, people are harder to hit, people are harder to kill. It's, for a lot of people, it has become a less fulfilling experience. So that's the philosophy behind like the projectile changes, the the health changes, specifically like heroes between 150 and 175 hit points, they're getting 25 extra hit points. Heroes between 200 and 300, they're getting 50 more hit points. Characters with 300 or more, they're getting 75 to 100. So it's, it yeah, I don't think those quick kills are going to be there quite like they used to be unless there's focus firing going on. I think it's going to be sniper season because they're going to have that self heal, you know, despite the fact that the accuracy is increased, they're going to be taking more shots, but they'll be able to dip back like widows who just want to get high in a way they can just dip out of, dip out of sight, get their little self heal, come back, start addition damage again. The support can stay up front and not have to do so much maintenance on the team. Like you said, there's not going to be 
that scrambling for health packs after team battles and things like that. that there's been many situations where I've been caught out of position or just been taken away from the action because I'm scrambling for a health pack. So the self heals going to be good in that. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I definitely forecast a lot of tears. <laughs> a lot of people are going to be complaining to Hayao. Uh, like, was it, was it you or was it E-Single that was like, people are going to be complaining because when they realize some of the stuff that they were doing before no longer works. Yeah, I was it, saying that. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. Once, once people's bullshit stops working. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. We'll see if it's the best patch ever or the worst patch ever. <laughs> you got any more thoughts on this? Or like, we still got to talk about what the competitive points. Yeah, competitive, all that stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's great. As I, yeah, that was saying to you because the um, you know with the with the bigger bullets, um, greater chance of impact. You know, you'll have you have a better opportunity when you're doing that cover fire on you know on a widowmaker's nest mm -hmm. <laughs> that you might actually hit her with some of that stray fire, which is a great um, and unfortunately, well, it might also piss off some of those snipers who are just trying to hide out in the distance and dodge bullets from far away. You know, mm -hmm. if they have a greater chance of hitting them, then you know it's going to make them it's going to make their lives a lot tougher. Yeah, but um, they have a greater chance of hitting you. Exactly. And they can heal as they're running. So maybe that yeah. gets them back into the action quicker. Yeah. Throw that grappling hook, get in the air for three or four seconds. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So competitive. There's a lot here. So bear with me. So this is from Overwatch. Competitive updates originally worked to provide updates. So this is the transparency behind um, how you'll progress through competitive, how you'll progress mm -hmm. through the rankings in competitive. So uh, competitive updates originally worked to provide updates that reflected your growth as a player across multiple matches, but with the goal to provide greater transparency in each individual match, we're going back to updating your rank after every match and showing how much progress you gain or lose between each skill division. Uh, we're also displaying modifiers that affected your last match below the rank progression bar. I like this. So some modifiers help provide transparency in the matchmaking for each match, like getting a boost when you defeat a team that was more favored to win. So you'll know right out the gate, like if you're on the weaker squad, mm -hmm. um, while other modifiers show if your rank is collaborating is uh, yeah collaborating like going on a huge win streak proving you belong in a higher rank so you'll see those little details if you're just fucking people up and why you're moving up um let's see uh we're also reintroducing placement matches and resetting everyone's competitive skill rank your journey to the top begins with 10 all new placement matches. As you progress through placement matches, there'll be a predicted starting rank after each match. So you fuck up somebody, you might get a early higher predicted rank and you play bad. You might get a lower predicted rank. Uh, you only have one chance this year to run your placement matches. So pick your best heroes. So a dub going in there with, are you going there with Sojourn and Maga? Depending Sojourn, on Maga. Yeah. <laughs> Those are, damn, I'd have to bring my Zenyatta back out. Oh, my Baptiste. I might have to bring my Bap out. <laughs> you, you on support? I haven't seen you on support in a minute. Yeah, it's been a while, but I, I, I remember loving Baptiste and really making that work. If I got good with Baptiste, it'd be over. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, 
so this is now a part of you know the ranking up and all that stuff and the, the titles that you get along with that so there is now an official top title uh we're introducing the ultimate rank champion yes. this is the most prestigious tier above grandmaster intending to show who is the best among the most skilled players in the game even with the mm -hmm. boosts that placement matches can provide top ranking players will still need to win a lot of games to reach champion one and prove they are the best of the best so, hey, Dub, what do you think about this rework of competitive, the transparency with how they'll be showing your your ranking as it either goes up or down, the reasons why, some of the the, the factors behind that. You also have um, the reset of the skill ranks. You also will now have to redo these placement matches, but there's some transparency there with where you're going to end up based on each match that you go through it. And then, yeah, and then this ultimate champion rank um above grandmaster that you can work towards when you're not actually you got your your duel since edge sticks and your, and your yeah. Back yeah. <laughs> well, what, do you, what do you think about all, uh, this part of the rework in season nine i i welcome it it makes me more ready to engage with competitive because just playing the game regardless of the mode there's always that question of like you know this you look at the other team, you see their titles, it's diamond roll this, master roll this. And it's like, am I on that skill level? Like, am, am I on the good team and we're playing against the bad team or am I on the bad team and I'm playing against the good team? So with this transparency, you're going to know that. And I think that's information that will benefit players in ways that Blizzard probably didn't realize at the outset which is why, excuse me, which is why they didn't offer that kind of transparency to start. But if I know I'm the underdog, I'm going to play differently. If I know that I'm favored, I'm going to play differently. Like if I'm the underdog, I'm, I'm going to try my best to just disrupt that team. Like it's, it's not going to be the same way as if I was playing a normal match, normal match, you know, I'll, I'll look for anything I think can sway a match, whether that be the weak, the weak link on the other team, whether that be shaving the points of the strong player on the other team, whether that be, oh, let me just try to give cover fire for one of my teammates to bring them up to enable them to be their best. Like there's different ways to do it. But if I know the more specific situation, then I'll know the more specific response i need to offer in order to deliver that upset or to ensure that victory like if i know i'm the underdog then yeah the obvious choice is to try to shave the best player or to remove the person who's most central to their strategy if i'm if i'm favored then whatever i'll start from the bottom and work my way up i'll go after the support i'll go after the weak links and it's like i know that I'm better than most, probably all of you. So I'll just, I'll play that different. So that's awesome. And it's, it's nice to also have that ability to have a greater influence over your rank progressing. Because if you know what's going on and you know what you need to do, you can do it more successfully and more precisely to get those. I think people are going to have higher ranks this time around because they're able to see it and influence it the way that they're supposed to. And so far as like the champion rank, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens right now. They're, 
they got us playing against master role people. So my only thought is perhaps we're on that level and we just don't have the official ranking to reflect that. And overall, I'm just looking forward to getting more competitive with E-Single and AMC. I think I think we'll go far, dude. I think we'll go to at least mid-diamond and I'm going to enjoy the process of making that climb with the homies. <laughs> That's where I am with it. Yeah. Um, one, it'll be great too. Like it's uh, like people, if they question like if, you know, if Overwatch is behind their community, what I always say is what will be cool is like one, if you see somebody streaming and they have that rank of champion, you're going to watch that damn stream. Because <laughs> it's just a champion. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, that if somebody has that rank of champion and they're running with the mercy, they're probably the best mercy out there yeah. or one of the best mercies out there and stuff like no that. So, 20,000 here. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a way of, you know, creating a, you know, blue check mark for somebody who wants to be like, you know, uh, a, a very popular influencer within the world of Overwatch. If you got that rank, then people are going to immediately gravitate to your stream. So that's 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 a cool way to give a little feedback on indicators of like, you know, the highest the highest tier, the highest quality player that you can expect to come across in their games. Now, at uh, the same token, though, mm -hmm. does making a coveted title like that encourage more people to cheat yeah but i feel like people are going to cheat regardless <laughs> it's like but now they're like really going to cheat because it's like got to get that champion rank before they before they put out the patch that gets rid of my cheats <laughs> yeah exactly i mean it's i feel like people are one they cheating has been around in overwatch from you know from the beginning of times with the aim bots yeah. and uh, everything else to, the to these keyboards sin. yeah the, the mouse and keyboard on the console and all that stuff with like that assist and you yeah. busters you, you yeah, can't you can't click <laughs> yeah people are gonna people are always looking for a reason to cheat in overwatch and you just assume that if there's only like one or two people that can reach the highest of the highs maybe that puts a little bit more scrutiny on that character and people can can notice that shit <laughs> um, um, so that maybe that will now will have its own kind of a um, you know vetting system within that by community participation um, and snitching. And snitching. <laughs> what would you do if any of us achieved champion rank? I mean, I would I would applaud you. I would I would hate playing with you because that would mean that we were just always gonna just go up against the, the highest ah, quality. But the assumption great. is, if we're still playing together, then you know we're good enough to play together. So I'll, ultimately, I would I would be dude. If I knew somebody as a champion, you're a single. I would be the happiest person ever. <laughs> well, what if what if you were the champion? Oh, then I'd be the greatest. <laughs> I'd be the great. Because that'd be great. Like if you saw your greatest character was a support, then you're just like, oh, we ain't dying. <laughs> we got uh, championship support back here. <laughs> exactly. Um, and that's the other part of it too, was you know, I'm what I do like about this transparency and uh feedback when it comes to the rankings was it was always really hard for me as a support character to understand, you know, what was playing into me moving up the ranks because you know you can play as a moira and, and rack up a ton of kills and understand that progression movement mm -hmm. but you know if you're a mercy and you're getting you know two or three kills a match but you're getting a shit ton of healing um yeah there's a there's a curiosity well how much are they taking into account my healing in a match uh to then put into my rank as a character 
um, uh, for my skill. And so that was always a concern with me. And so now at least a little more feedback and transparency, I'll at least know uh, if I did this amount of healing, what I'm getting out of that when it comes to pushing me up the ranks or pushing me down the ranks. Um, Cause then uh, you'll know kind of like how, how it kind of caters to certain play styles and certain characters. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I do like that from a personal standpoint um, to see that and just understand. Cause I, if I'm winning, I'm, I won't adjust my play style regardless. Um, and, you know, I'll just move up slower through the ranks. But if I do know, Hey, I am getting rewarded like just for for healing really well then i at least won't feel compelled to you know get a get a kill every now and then to at least help boost that little bit of stats so i'm looking forward to all these changes i like this idea of um you know one resetting everything and putting everybody through the placement so it's a it's kind of a fresh start i also like that you know there's this thing that you know in between seasons if you don't get a new hero it's kind of like ah it was like a dead season mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like just like a bunch of skins basically but I, I like that they are doing something major here you know to give us something fresh um outside of giving us a new a new hero so you know there are things that they can always pull out every now and then to you know give us something different um that isn't necessarily tied to you know the the content of something new added into the game from a character a rework is always some a, a way to keep things fresh and so i'm looking forward to that as well um do you have anything else for this story a dub what happened jay guns what did you say? Oh, the champions! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're yeah. they're introducing yeah, they're introducing a new weapon variant, Jade. So in addition to the gold guns, you can now buy the Jade guns. Same price, okay. three thousand competitive points. AMC, DC, self running with that Jade. Yeah, Jade gun. I mean, I might have to. Let's see. Um, I I do love uh, my gold gun. At least, but I only have one on one character. So if I can work out a jade gun for another character, that might be cool. But you know, the gold is still you know the standard. I feel like, <laughs> but I, know, I like that. I like that they're playing around with it. You know, it took them what eight years to introduce a new variant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm just like, it's it's another one of those examples of missed opportunities in a way because like mm-hmm. there could have been there could have been gold guns, there could have been wood guns, there could have been. It could have been, <laughs> uh, what is it, chrome guns. It could have been white guns, black guns, just all different manner of variants. And it's that kind of stuff that gets people more engaged with the mode that generates the currency to get that. And it also gives people something to work for. At the same token, it also gives people ammunition to be like, oh, you got to play for 4,000 hours to earn enough currency to get all of the weapon variants. It's like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but at the same token, I just feel like, you know, more more stuff like that. I know they they introduced the weapon skins for a handful of the characters already, and they're okay. And at the same token, it's only for like three characters. I just like to see more of this stuff rolling out more regularly or just with with some kind of end goal in mind to like where, okay, we're going to give everybody two weapon skins over the course of the next couple of years, or we're going to introduce three or four weapon variants over the next year. And then like, that's it for that. We're going to focus on characters or focus on this and that and Ah, but that's just my opinion. What do I know? I'm not the one who who's made a successful video game in his life. So clearly they understand more about this than I do. 
All right, A-Dub, let's get into the next topic of the week. Topic of the week. week. Um, This one, by way of Video Games Chronicle, that being from software owner Kodakawa has bought Octopath Traveler Studio Acquire. That's why they acquired Acquire, or they, yeah. Anyways, um, the Tokyo-based studio is the developer behind Square Enix's Octopath Traveler games, as well as the Tenchu, Way of the Samurai, and Abiba series. It was founded in 1994 and employs 148 people, according to its website. And this is now from Kotakawa. To strengthen the ability to create IP in games as part of our game business strategy, we have made Acquire Corp into a wholly owned subsidiary. By acquiring this, by acquiring the company, which has produced million-seller hit titles, we expect to generate synergies with our existing game-related subsidiaries, strengthening our planning and development capabilities group-wide, and enhance our lineup of console games. So it appears that they had a relationship already with this company, and now they're assuring things up. Hey, Dub, what do you think about this acquisition uh, by Kodakawa, your your favorite runners of, you know, owners of From Software, <laughs> teaming up with your boys behind Octopath Traveler? I think it's awesome, man. I think it's awesome, man. I don't... It, it makes you wonder what Kodakawa saw in that company and what they intend to get from them because you know at least from on a from perspective games like octopath aren't entirely out of bounds for them at the very least from a publishing angle because in the ps3 generation they did 3d dot game heroes which i loved a great bit it was it's a love letter to zelda a link of the a link to the past like those those top-down isometric Zeldas, and it did the 2D, 3D thing kind of earlier on, or even before a lot of other a lot of other places. Like I don't remember the first time 2D, 3D really came out before, like back in the PS3 generation before Octopath. I mean, not Octopath before 3D dot Game Heroes. And what they did with it was the like the pixels were rendered as 3D cubes, and that's how they assembled everything. So maybe it wasn't the same. But yeah, I greatly enjoyed that game. So with Octopath already doing a similar style to that and just doing what they do, like could you could you imagine if they teamed up with From and did like a Dark Souls 2D HD kind of thing? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Like that kind of RPG. I'd be told with turn-based combat, I'd be totally down for that. Yeah, um, that sounds that sounds dope. Yeah, I'm very interested to see what will happen when they start exchanging, you know, ideas and information being under the same umbrella. I, I guarantee there is definitely going to be some kind of collaboration there and it's going to be a new IP and it, it might set the world on fire. Mark my words. If I end up being wrong, Hey, call me out on it in like two or three years, but I, I'd put money on it that they're about to make something and it's going to be special. How do you feel about this, or have you have you shared those feelings? I remember you were giving the the blurb. I don't know if you put put your spin on it. Uh, no, I did not put my spin. Yeah, um, I think it's absolutely dope. Um, I am as a fan uh, of Octopath Traveler in those games. Um, pretty sure they also did uh, Triangle Strategy. So it's like they're kind of ah uh, yes, yeah. So like they're kind of like they 
they've shown that was the follow-up after Octopath. Yeah, exactly. And then they put out Octopath 2 and everybody loved that. So like they know Could what you they're imagine doing. Imagine a turn-based tactical souls like Exactly. Now that's like and that's like that would be interesting because it's like they both know their arenas and then if they could find a way to bring those together. I mean, on the simplest level, I think maybe synergies would be like, you know, just developing minds and things to like, you know, I don't know, like assets and stuff like that. Um, maybe that's like how they plan to see it. But yeah, I would like to see from that creative standpoint, if you could kind of meld the two worlds, that would be absolutely awesome. Or even like, you know, like do because the, because of their expertise in turn base and then you know from's expertise in mechs like do their own front mission style turn base game like there's so many ways that they could go with it that would be absolutely amazing um that yeah i am i i, I like this i like this i i could they're very different and yet they're very similar and um I do think that there's going to be something here. Like there's going to be some product between this marriage. That I think is going to birth like just the perfect game for, for, for AMC and a dub is what I'll say. And I, I don't know if you hit the, the Kanokawa blurb, but they're saying to strengthen the ability to create IP and games as part of our game business strategy, we have made acquire corp into a wholly owned subsidiary. By acquiring the company, which has produced million seller hit titles, we expect to generate synergies with our existing game related subsidiaries, wink, wink, strengthen our planning and development capabilities group wide and enhance our lineup with console games. Now, that immediately says to me that they're 100 percent getting from to work on a game with them. It has to be or they're getting like a small team maybe from like co-develops. I can see that co-develop. That's what they did with Sony with Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes yeah so yeah, I'm, that's getting, gonna be, I'm getting excited yeah that's gonna be fun um they can go so many routes with this and yeah as i said they're both like at the top of what they do and so yeah um whatever way it goes like either from helps them out or they help out from <laughs> to do like from maybe wants to do a not a huge triple a experience but and they want their expertise on how to do that yeah, I think that could be a way or maybe From comes in and helps them out with their 2D experience and injects some From into that life. By the way, injects some that together, style. yeah, either way, uh, I think that's going to be absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, what uh, what else do you have? Do you have any quick hits or anything else? Let's get into a big one for, for fans of the webhead. We got some Spider-Man 2 news. Mm-hmm. This topic of the week, top topic, topic of, the of the week. week. And according to a post on X, Insomniac Games says our next update is coming March 7th. Our title update for Marvel Spider-Man 2 arrives next month and adds highly requested features like New Game Plus, new suits, and more. Watch our social media for a complete list of features closer to release. Uh, new Game Plus has been a feature. The fans of the game have been demanding for, you know, ever since the game came out, E-Single definitely wanted that new game. Plus, he's all about it. So it's finally coming. I sent him the news. He was like, bet. I was like, yeah. And that's about the extent of that. AMC, is this going to be the catalyst that gets you into Spider-Man 2? Did you play Spider-Man 1 or Miles? 
play spider-man one didn't play miles have not played spider-man two um no this wouldn't be it but i do like that if i do eventually get into it this is all going to be here for me to jump in and enjoy but yeah as um you know this doesn't directly connect to me at all but i do like you know more content that's awesome we got some more skins and uh yeah spider-man's always a good game but um yeah i don't know it's good for the people that enjoyed the game is what i'll say <laughs> that's all i gotta <laughs> say about this yes yeah, uh, how about how about yourself is that push up your your interest in jumping into spider-man 2 i mean yes and no because it'll it'll be nice knowing that if i ever do get into it when i finish it i can i can get that that maxed out replay but at the same token it's not motivating me to you know go online and purchase it digitally i think i have it on my wish list i think i have it on miles as well you know kind of waiting on that especially just with my situation now and having access to my entire library so i'm pretty content just working through my backlog right now and i i hesitate every time i add something to it but i gotta know that whatever i do add to it is something that i want to play immediately and thoroughly so that's where i'm at spider-man 2 doesn't rise to that level so this is great news for those into the game but not for me in particular uh, you got any quick hits yes a dub this is from starwars.com star wars oh. jedi survivor has won a grammy award a dub let's see yeah well the music was pretty nice yeah star wars jedi survivor the hit video game by respawn entertainment and lucasfilm games won best score soundtrack for video games and other interactive media with composers Stephen Barton and Gordy Hobb honored. Um, Survivor is a critically acclaimed follow-up to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. A-Dub, as somebody who played Jedi Survivor, was that soundtrack fire? It has some jams, man. Uh, oh, yeah. The, the kicker with Jedi Survivor, which is probably what helped it get this award this time around, is that there's a DJ that you you come across and that you recruit to come work at the home base your your base of operations in the game and they're like in that bar just spinning things you also find music tracks in the game as rewards for the platforming challenges or just secrets that you find tucked away in the the off-beaten paths and then you have access to all of those songs at the DJ in the cantina so you could switch the soundtrack up and just, you know, just vibe in there with all your, your alien homies catching up on, on all their stories and everything they've been through as you guys are going through this adventure. You know, you're playing the mini games, you're you're upgrading, you're, you're going in the basement where you live and tweaking your lightsaber and, you know, tweaking your, your BD-1, <laughs> getting his colors and his, and his scheme right and you're going right back out there to the adventure of cutting stormtroopers in half. So, yeah, man, it's it has some gems. It it was to the degree that I actually looked up a few of the people that made music for the um the soundtrack, especially that part. And yeah, man, I I very much love the music. There are some bangers because like it's just straight up beats. It's like it's nice background music that you would have on like if you're working or if you're just chilling, getting ready to go out for the night. Like it's it's some good music. So this is a very well deserved properly earned award for the game and you know i hope everyone involved got the recognition that they deserve yeah that's awesome and just another reason why people should 
I'm, I'm seeing some harshness toward Jedi Survivor Online. And it's kind of weird because, yeah, the game la- launched in uh, kind of technical, not in the best technical shape. The performance mode was less than performative most of the time. But that has significantly changed as the performance mode is kicking all manner of ass now. And sections of the game where I tested it, that I've known to be notoriously sluggish and low quality, smooth sailing, whole way through. So yeah, let's start giving Jedi Survivor the credit it deserves. Let's start giving it the hours and, you know, the kudos it has earned. It is a fantastic game. You will not go wrong getting into it. I highly recommend it. AMC, how do you feel about this monumental achievement for this game and respawn? Yeah, it's great. I mean, one another another win for respawn, another win for EA. Yeah. You know, the people who fumbled the bag with Star Wars yeah. Yeah. <laughs> couldn't put out good Star Wars games. Um, not good Star Wars. Amazing how they're putting out good Star Wars games. Now, <laughs> and now they're being pushed to the. Now they're being pushed towards it. Um, but yeah, good, good on, good on respawn and EA. Um, and yeah, good on Jedi Survivor. Like it's, I do like that it's getting its recognition in some way or form because, as you said, like it was one of those things that came when it came around Game of the Year. Like you said, that they had put out the performance patch um, uh, well before that, but yeah, it wasn't really getting that recognition for Game of the Year. And I think it was because a lot of people were just, you know, they only remembered their launch experience as opposed to the, the current experience before you know the game of the year voting went down so you would have to go back and i guess and re-experience the game to see it like see it in in its full see glory, it the way it was meant to be seen yeah how it should have been in launch and, and another uh, and another note apparently people hate platforming let's give them be grave to know those stupid platforms like so you want the game to be you just want to walk from combat encounter to combat encounter yeah but then you don't want to walk (laughs) like what's with all this walking i need more interesting ways to get around it's like well you were swinging from vines and running on walls before and now you don't want to do that so yeah exactly um and so yeah um what's it called uh yeah it's uh it's great to to see them one get that recognition but then to the fact that like you know if people had fallen off or had um you know not bought the game because of what they heard about at launch they see the game is winning awards now they're like well the game must be pretty good if it's winning awards maybe i'll check it out for that reason alone just to no, they paid for that granny <laughs> yeah to generate like you know generate some interest back in the game they come back to playing it with now the the performance options and um they're getting that real that true experience and then you know maybe we'll see like a boost in player account again so you know it's good that a game that was well made unfortunately didn't you know hit its mark at launch but overall is still a well-made game and now at least maybe generate some interest to get people back into it which is then you know get a little more money towards the next big star wars game and in a way where you would expect a you know jedi jedi still surviving or whatever it'd be that uh, part three jedi jedi fucking well let's see you were it was staying alive it was the fallen order it was survivor because you survived the fallen order yeah jedi thriver thriver yeah (laughs) 
just living in this life. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, in the, in the strip club making dollars float around the way. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, maybe maybe it'll generate some money towards Jedi thriving. Um, yeah, as as it should be. <laughs> Jedi thriver, I love it. I hope that I hope that gains traction a lot. <laughs> uh, do you have any uh, other quick hits, Ada? Other quick hits. I mean, since we're in the vein of Star Wars news, I felt it important to bring to people's attention that we got a statement from Ubisoft in which Mm -hmm. they are committing to Star Wars Outlaws releasing this year in 2024, as well as Assassin's Creed Codename Red by March 2025. (laughs) (laughs) So this is, I mean, it's... I'm surprised nobody's picking up this story because I mean we we're gonna get the feudal Japan Assassin's Creed that everyone has wanted since Assassin's Creed first released. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're gonna get that in 2025. The same year we're getting Grand Theft Auto Six and Death Stranding Two. We're also getting Star Wars Outlaws this year. You know, hope fingers crossed. Hopefully it doesn't get delayed because. I need this game as soon as possible, but you, so that's a major that's a major release for 2024 already cemented, and I feel like just not not too long from now we're gonna get a handful more just like on oh, this is coming on oh, this is coming, <laughs> but yeah, this is the first one. A dub, highly anticipating this title. It looks like Grand Theft Auto Star Wars. I sincerely hope that it is even even in a small scale sense like it doesn't need to be as massive and expansive as a gta is but as long as it nails the core attributes and layers as long as it gives me that space travel going to different planets those space battles gives me that you know that open world you know i'm just just doing what i want just trying to survive man that kind of vibe (laughs) it's (laughs) over this might be this this has the potential to be the best open world sci-fi game that has come out since Cyberpunk, in my opinion. Yeah, because yeah, nothing really came out after that other than Jedi Survivor. Jedi Survivor is dope, but I think Outlaws Outlaws has had the potential to be so much more. This is the story that we've been waiting for. Just being that that scrappy, just random rogue trying to make a name for themselves, trying to build up those connections, working through the underbelly, going through the back alleys, talking to the shady folks. That's the Star Wars story that we've needed for a very long time. Everything's been high-minded and and, and and mighty with all these Jedi stories, with these Sith stories. We need a scoundrel story, and this is it. I'm pumped. AMC, will you be indulging in Star Wars Outlaws when it comes around? Yeah, it's on my radar. Um... Like yes. the idea, I'll be traveling with a speeder in a Star Wars game, land speeder. Um, Little alien hobby. Yeah, having options. I could be a son of a bitch. Yes. <laughs> choices. I, I forgot about choices. I could I could shoot first. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's great. I, you have all the options. Um, and yeah, I like that. You know, we don't get enough of this as much as people love. You know, the lightsabers and the in the in the the mystic jam in the, the in the the magical samurais um it is great to get like you know this other style of game and it's the closest thing that we're going to get to you know the the promised jedi 
it was a 1399 Star Wars 1313 <laughs> 1313 yeah <laughs> you were so, close yeah yeah um you know it's the closest that we're gonna get to that and so yeah all of that like kind of plays into my interest is also what massive which makes awesome games and, and knows what they're doing when it comes to you know cover shooters and so there's there's a great pedigree behind it as far as the studio it's a it's a great route to go if you're going to break away from you know the, the jedis and the, and the lukes and the leias and all that stuff um and yeah it's it has a lot going for it and so yeah i'm super excited about this game can't wait to get it and yeah and then we're gonna be getting we have an idea of when we're gonna get this assassin's creed this might be the first assassin not first i guess it'll be the second Assassin's Creed game I'll ever play and the first one I actually played the whole way through because the only one I played was Assassin's Creed 2 and I dropped off of that and so maybe maybe Red will be the one that gets me back in it who knows but yeah it's, it's great it's a good time Ubisoft they, they seem to be in a good groove right now you, you know people probably say otherwise um and so yeah it's a yeah. it's a good time <laughs> yeah just a, another note a little more specificity it looks like Star Wars Outlaws could be expected anywhere between April to December of 2024. So given that window, I would say maybe we get a we get a big gameplay blowout E3. Well, not E3 because RIP, but we get a big gameplay blowout during summer. We get a release day. I imagine it's a fall game. Earliest I can see this game is like August. And that would be cool. That's a great yeah, window. Because yeah. like yeah. August, September, that's usually like it's usually between big games. This is usually like big summer games and then big fall games. And then like that October, September window is like that's 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 a room to shine. So yeah. It, when did oh. uh when did Survivor come out? Was that like in summer or is that I feel like November? Shit. Okay. Yeah, so it's a good sign. Um April, there, sorry. Yeah. Oh. oh. Okay. But um, it, regardless, uh, we don't really know what's coming out around that time, so I feel like that's a that's a good game to pigeonhole into that like into that area and make a big splash. Star Wars game, open world, uh Rebel. Yeah, it's a yeah. I think I feel like it's definitely worthy of a fall release, and so that should be great. Either way, as long as we're getting it this year, I am thoroughly pleased it will be I will be spending a lot of time with that game. I don't give a damn what the reviews say. I saw everything I needed to see, and I want every last bit of it. But AMC, you got another another quick hit. I know uh, no, no other quick hits. You got you got any more, Ado? All right, I'll give you one last one because I know we're coming up, That's coming up on the hour. We got time. Kind of killing it, but yeah, let me get. So we got some Disney news. And it also coincides with some Epic Games Fortnite news. So take that as you see fit. Uh, the headline reads, Disney buys $1.5 billion stake in Epic Games to create expansive universe within Fortnite. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so let me see. Disney has purchased a $1.5 billion stake, as we already told you, developing a new expansive, open, persistent, and social universe that will interoperate with Fortnite and let, let fans play, watch, shop, uh, and engage with their favorite characters and stories from Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, Avatar, and more. Uh, let me see if there's 
any more information. Got a quote here. Our exciting new relationship with Epic's game, Epic Games will bring together Disney's beloved brands and franchises with the hugely popular Fortnite and a transformational new games and entertainment universe. This marks Disney's biggest entry ever into the world of games and offers significant opportunities for growth and expansion. We can't wait for fans to experience the Disney stories and worlds they love in groundbreaking new ways. Disney was one of the first companies to believe in the potential of bringing their worlds together with ours in Fortnite, and they use Unreal Engine across their portfolio. That is a note we need to dig in on a little later. Um, now we're collaborating on something entirely new to build a persistent, open, and interoperable ecosystem that will bring together the Disney and Fortnite communities. That was a quote from your boy, Tim Sweeney. So for the longest time, folks, folks like ourselves over here at Control Agency, control issues have been saying i'm sorry man i'm getting a little tongue-tied <laughs> it's at that time of the show yeah but your boys here control issues we've been saying for a while that like if if any game is going to make a metaverse or uh, a ready player one style oasis into a reality the your strongest foundation is going to be something along the lines of Fortnite because it's already got everything and everything the people love it. The people are there. The people are supporting. It keeps getting bigger. It keeps getting better. And with an investment like this, bringing, you know, Disney content to the Fortnite world and making it an even larger world, like imagine, imagine there's like the Fortnite that everybody knows and loves, but then there's other hubs outside of that where it's like Fortnite this or Fortnite that or Disney this. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's it's this. It could either be, it could be either be anything. Like to try to narrow it down and say what it could possibly be is kind of asinine. It, it could be good. It could be bad. It could be nothing at all. And maybe Disney fades away out of this space later on. But given the staying power of Fortnite, I feel like anything that would attach itself to it is going to have a similar staying power. And you know, if. One thing is for certain is that it's not a certainty that it's going to end up being some some hellscape like a lot of people imagine. And I imagine that it'll be beneficial to both parties and it just might make Fortnite into something that appeals to more people, including those who themselves haven't touched the game or never want to touch the game. Maybe there'll be something in there or some idea that emerges from this partnership that makes it into a kind of experience that people are looking for. I mean, like AMC, how do you feel about this investment and the intent to expand the Fortnite world using the Disney world in this manner? Um, yeah, I one they they had already done this with Lego. Legos had already purchased, and they had all. We saw this when they added all that content, or they're adding all that content into it, where you can build up your own Lego space um so yeah this is how they're going to continue to expand and one this is what assassin's creed what ubisoft was talking about see every now and then people like push back <laughs> when like uh publishers or developers say they're going to do something like this and but it's they see the the trend and like you saw with like ubisoft they're saying like we want to make an assassin's creed platform and mm -hmm. build games off of that platform and you see that this is what they're doing with Fortnite. You got the Fortnite platform, and then you can have concerts on it. You can have a Lego area on it. Mm -hmm. uh, you can have a that was it 
save the world or you fucking do the uh was it the um the 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 tower, tower defense yeah. yeah the tower defense one and then yeah you can have your disney and then they'll probably keep taking you know taking bitters and then they'll they'll add another space and it makes sense and that's what they're setting up they just they want to set up a place where people go to it's like roblox people go in there and they just hang out in there all day with their friends like um you know one it's also a sign when everybody talks about like oh this is what all gamers are doing they're just playing these single player triple a experiences like no 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 there's there's a ton of one younger gamers who just like to get on and just chill with their homies and so they could be chilling with their homies in a team death match or they can now go into these spaces and just hang out in in a somewhat sim-like environment with like disney characters and shit like that um and so yeah they're catering to this space and yeah it's um I think it's good for Fortnite that they have found a way to continue to expand. Um, I know Disney, they put out like that, that Dreamlight Valley game, I think last year or two years ago, where they were mm -hmm. trying to do some sim style things there. And so um, clearly they're trying to get that going as well. Um, and so, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a way to go to a, you know, a proven commodity and uh, put yourself in there. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good partnership and um yeah, it's uh, it's a way to get money into the industry. People are always talking about how we can get, like, they're they're, you know, publishers, developers are trying to figure out ways to extract money from consumers, and if they can find other ways, which is, um, investments like this on business ventures like this with outside investors, um, that's a greater way to go that doesn't like involve you know uh, them having to figure out how to make money more money off of us as a consumer i mean they will have microtransactions but at least they're not using us specifically just to get certain things developed they know that they can get you know injections of cash from from other ways and so mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's a good sign maybe um we'll see this in other ways um uh, from other companies and yeah it's uh it's good to see that Disney is also just trying different routes to get their stuff out there because I think they're they've been seeing in at least in their quarterly updates the impact of games like Spider Man and what like the what not like that on their company and their sales and so yeah going to Fortnite is another route to get millions of dollars infused into your company. <laughs> yeah. um, well, some people yeah, so, uh, they don't see it that way. Uh, some people think it's the end. Or at least the beginning of it. Yeah. We got troll of the week, 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 wait, 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 but I saw the name Disney. So now I'm unreasonably angry about this for absolutely no reason. <laughs> Trolling the trolls. Hey, at least she honest. Next troll says, good Lord, help us. Next troll says, just when I thought I couldn't hate Disney more. I, I don't. I don't even yeah. know how to address that. <laughs> one. Like, What do you hate them for? Why do you hate them more? What the hell is going on here? It's not <laughs> like you even have to like go and play in this Disney area. <laughs> like they probably don't even play Fortnite. Yeah, exactly. Next show says it 
typing sarcastically, you know, how people shift between uppercase and lowercase. So yeah. Sarcastically, people still play Fortnite. Uh. <laughs> Followed by the next troll, which asks, do people still play Fortnite? Uh. <laughs> the next troll says, Disney using the Microsoft playbook, trying to buy their way to the finish line. We'll see how it goes. Well, what finish line. <laughs> yeah like what what finish line what's the race for disney here like they're, just, they're getting involved with fortnite they're not bringing a console to market and trying to <laughs> become one of the biggest publishers on the play <laughs> no next the one brand to roll them all <laughs> yeah. we got games we got movies we got television we have your kids <laughs> yeah <laughs> next show says disney is a pathetic company i'm going to support them uh I, I think disney will be okay <laughs> they'll go on without you next show says disney is cancer stop giving them money until crusty dude and elon buy it who is who's crusty, crusty dude? who's crusty dude who's crusty dude <laughs> is that is that is that jeff bezos <laughs> I would not want Elon buying Disney. It'll just turn into Rule 34. <laughs> be, be absolutely insane. Uh, last show says, Ready Player One really is happening. And that's a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's not a bad thing. Especially if we get it in a reasonable, mostly reasonable way. <laughs> Because you know they're going to do some Ready Player One stuff. But I doubt they're going to get to the point where, like, if we can just put ads on 80% of the screen. <laughs> like, no, I don't think we're getting to that level. But You lose all like, your currency when you die. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine, like, Disney gets involved. Uh, let's, let's say VR becomes, like, a, a hot way to play the game. And then there you go. You already have your foundation of voice. And from there, you just have to improve the graphics, improve the hardware, maybe get those vests where you can feel the damage. <laughs> it, yeah, it, the most I can expect, the most I can expect from this is we'll see a lot more Disney content in Fortnite for at least the next few years to come. So, hey, more Jedi stuff, more get some Disney princesses in there. Get man, it, there's a crew. Or there was a crew of esports players. They were the Disney princesses. That that was their identity. Like imagine them a team in Fortnite, and they're actually Disney princesses. I think that would be hot. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> well, AMC, you got anything for these trolls? Nah, I got nothing. These fools. They just they hate Disney. They hate anything. They hate Fortnite. They hate Ready Player One. <laughs> mm -hmm. Everything is in everything, uh, and that's and that's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I want my everything in everything. And we, we were talking about it. I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but I'll oh, reiterate. we didn't even get into uh, Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. three minutes. <laughs> okay, well, troll of the week. Troll of the week. No, so yes. Building on what you just said, forgot entirely that at the end of the trailer for the Overwatch Season 9 changes, there's just a brief snippet where they go to the jukebox and they hint at an upcoming collab and they play the age old. Ba -da, ba -da, ba -da, ba -da, ba. <laughs> and I'm just like, whoa, it's about to go down. <laughs> so, yeah, we were talking. It, it looks strongly like there's going to be 
a collab with Overwatch and Cowboy Bebop. And then that got your boy A-Dub thinking, well, if they're going to do skins, they got to do them skins right. So who would be the best characters for each skin? And it, just, it all fell into place so seamlessly. I mean, of course, you got to get your man Jet Black. Doomfist. All day long. You get, you get say, People might be like, oh, they're trying to whitewash Doomfist. They've been bleaching his skin. <laughs> but no, nah, you, you get him. He's Jet Black. You can get your man. What's his name? Not McCree. Cassidy. He's your man Cassidy. <laughs> <laughs> To be Spike Spiegel, he's got the pistol. Uh, he, he doesn't have the martial arts, he doesn't have the nunchucks, but hey, it's enough to just have the pistol and the look to be right. 100%, you got to get Diva to be Faye Valentine. That's, that just works. You got the pistol, you can have her in the outfit, give her the haircut, the jacket, oh, that red jacket. And the, the Diva mech already looks like Faye's ship. It's already set up the same way. They pilot it the same way. It just has legs and just like make those black or something. So they look like the, the, the deepness of space <laughs> beneath the ship. Uh, I'm kind of in a toss up on who would be the best to be Ed. Because of course you could do Junkrat. And that would be hilarious because it was kind of ambiguous whether Ed was a boy or a girl. And but you can also do Kiriko. And I think that would oh, excuse me, not Kiriko. I meant Sama. Because that would fit since Ed was a tech person and could just hack anything. The kid was just a genius. So I think Sombra as Ed would make sense. So would Junkrat. Like or what character are there any other are there any characters you think would make good skins? Like which ones would you like to see? Um, I mean, I can't think of any right now. We um, we got a minute, so you want to take a break? I got, and continue? I got a whole because I got the whole list. <laughs> oh, okay, Ella, we'll we'll keep it going after this break, and then we'll go to that list. A dub. All right, we are back. A dub. We you know we couldn't just cut it off right there. We had to give time to Cowboy yes. Bebop. So you, you want to run through the the entire list? The entire list. Okay, so yeah. we're saying Cassidy is Spike. Mm-hmm. We're saying Diva as Faye Valentine. Oh, man. For the time being placeholder, we'll say Junkrat is Ed. Because I just think that'll be hilarious. And that goes with Ed Lore a bit. Just being that wild and crazy character. The big one I think they could do, which will knock people's socks off. I think they could do, what is his face? Wrecking Ball as Ayn. And that would be adorable. <laughs> you would see people playing record ball like it was nobody's business. Uh, you can also do Genji as vicious because you got the sword. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. It's just the audio lines you could have in there would be crazy. <laughs> and then um, let me see. I think Ash would probably make a decent Julia. Yeah, she would be good. Give her that. Give her that long hair. Just have her running around. Who, damn. But then who would Bob be? That would be the question because Julia didn't have, Julia was rolling solo. So it'd be kind of weird for her to have a partner. So you could probably do Mercy as a Julia. That might work a bit. And then let me see, maybe, maybe do what's his face, 76 as, as Mal Yenrai or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> Mentor. Characters are- Mentor and Spike <laughs> and, and Vicious. And then you could do 
you could do um Roadhog as the teddy bobber and just be a, a big teddy bear <laughs> <laughs> running around shooting. But then at the same token, that also be justification to do junk rat as the teddy bobber. Because that would be a bit more in line. So that would move Ed over to Sombra, which would make sense insofar as the kit. And then, yeah, you could kind of go wild with the rest. I think Zarya would be a dope uh, Victoria Terpskade, if anybody remembers the episode where there was, it was the episode, it was about her, and she's like a space trucker, and she drinks this drink called a blood oyster. It's like an egg with a drop of hot sauce and some alcohol or something of that nature. And Spike was the only person who knew her name because he knew her husband in the war and knew that drink. There, like She had this pool going, just a stack of cash. Her name is VT, but it's Victoria Terpskade. And yeah, everybody was trying to guess her name, and every time they couldn't guess, she would just add to that stack of cash. But that's just a little inside baseball there. But that would be a dope Zarya because she could run around. It, like it, it fit. It would fit her. And damn, there's at least one more. Like I feel like you got to get your homeboy from the first episode in the guy who, like, had it had his limbs lengthened and turned into a black guy and he's just this dope ass hand-to-hand fighter and spike was was really feeling it like damn you can even have you can even have homegirl who was helping her boy smuggle the drugs pretending to be pregnant and she's got all the red eye in there oh man you could go wild with it i really hope that they do some of the more obvious stuff like the faye valentine like the teddy bomber like like vicious like that kind of stuff is real jet. That kind of stuff is just sitting right there. It'd be foolish not to not to lean in that angle. I'm not trying to preemptively foment rage if they don't do what I'm saying. I'm sure that whatever they decide is going to be equally as cool or obvious and just maybe a little out of left field and didn't think about it. I just hope that they really they really go all in on it. Like it I don't want it to be like two or three skins. Like give me Give me like half the roster. <laughs> Give me just as many as you can. And I'm telling you, I will buy every single one of them. Like, this is the kind of collab. This is the kind of content that is enabled by the live service machine that eventually they're going to put something out that you're interested in. And you know what? They deserve a few bucks for that because they work pretty hard to figure that out and put that together. You know, Blizzard's prices are a little, a little steep. So we'll see. But hey, Cowboy Bebop, I'm playing a free game and I've been enjoying it ever since its original iteration eight years ago. So the least I could do is put a little bit more back into the system. In my opinion, I don't know if that makes me a shill or a bootlicker, but hey, I'll be running around in my Cowboy Bebop skins and you won't. (laughs) AMC, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm clearly not as as big of a fan of Cowboy Bebop, but I did love it. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, when it was around. Um, and yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I am looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, I can't, I can't wait to see that jet black one. I think that's like, that's going to be, yeah, I think that's going to be awesome to finally, to see that, um, with that haircut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, what might make it pop is that if they, they don't necessarily make them, 
exactly carbon copies of that skin. Just make it like the Overwatch characters are cosplaying. Mm -hmm. I think that would work pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't want like a full change of the character. I know Marissa every now and then I'm showing her like a skin because I'm like, which one do you think I should buy? And she was like, that one doesn't even look like the character. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, it doesn't really look like Marissa at all. But uh, yeah, so I think there is something to that, like the cosplay as opposed to just completely changing the character to look like this other character. Um, so yeah, there there is a way to do it. But um, yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait because this is also just... You know, we're just inching towards that that buy hero or one of those other properties that we absolutely love. Crossover. Dude, if we get Doomfist as all might, I will lose my mind. Yeah. I will never <laughs> I will never play another tank. <laughs> yeah. So we're we're getting there. We're getting there. Um I'm, I'm Oh my god, if he if he said smash every time he did his rocket punch. Oh my gosh. United States. <laughs> you charge it up and you get different audio cues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be yeah, Texas. <laughs> yeah, like all the all the all the different ones. And then yeah, the, the ultimate the ultimate one is United States, the yeah. <laughs> the slam. Oh, that's down. the that's the ultimate, yeah. Yeah. United States smash. Yeah, that would be the shit. And maybe maybe a character that you hit dead on, you get like just a brief little cutscene of him connecting. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. So much, so much that can be done. Yeah. Um, well, do you have anything else, A-Dub, before we get out of here? Mm, no, nah, I'm good. I, I don't need to touch on these other things. All right, A-Dub, well... We'll see what happens when Microsoft has there. <laughs> oh yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah, Microsoft is. We, they're gonna, we got, they're gonna, have, they're they're gonna get, let us know what's going on. They gotta, they gotta sit the little homies down next week. Just explain that some grown man game to them. <laughs> yeah, so we right, look forward to coming. So let me let me sit you down real quick. Let me tell you about about these bills, about these plans. <laughs> Let's see how talk to you real quick. <laughs> me and your mother have been talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so have, you given, have you given Theo any of those talks yet? No, not yet. He's not quite at that age. We're, we're working our way there. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, I, I really hope you journal the first time you say your mother and I have been talking. Yeah, we've been talking. <laughs> <laughs> and this ain't going to be good if we have to tell you. <laughs> uh yeah but not, no. not, we haven't had that conversation yet but we're inching there uh, i'm sure theo's a, a sweet boy He'll be yeah fine. <laughs> all right hey dub well this is control issues i am the ABC. and this is you are control issues thank you for playing. sucker